another edition of Market Shapers. I am really, really excited today to be joined by Patty Williamson of Williams True. Patty, welcome. Thank you. I appreciate you excited being here. Be here. Yeah, we're going to have a fun conversation today and, and talk about something a little different than maybe we've done on some of the other episodes, which will be fun. Um, but it's always good to kind of get started by uh, learning a little bit about how you got into real estate because everyone's got a little bit of a unique background there. Thank you. Yes, my story is a little bit different. Um, I moved to Fort Worth 18 years ago. I'm the wife of a college football coach. And in our first 20 years of marriage, we moved 13 times. <laughs> so very familiar with the move. Right. Um, Almost an expert level, probably. I, I am totally yeah. an expert level. Yeah. In fact, I told my husband, as soon as we stop moving, I'm going to write a book called Move is a Four-Letter Word, because <laughs> I could totally give you all kinds of adventures with three children, cats, dogs, hedgehogs, fish, you know, just the normal things that happen with moving a family. Um, I was a former high school music teacher, loved people, loved that venue, it was awesome, but wanted a career change. and. Having been very familiar with buying and selling houses 13 times, I loved that process and thought I could be a really great realtor. And so I have strived to do that and um, came to Fort Worth not knowing anyone, uh, literally not anyone, and started my career with Williams True about six weeks after arriving in Fort Worth. That quickly? That quick, as quickly as I could get licensed in the state of yeah. Texas, I was working at Williams True and not. Joan True was kind enough to let me quote unquote help her in her office to just give me a foothold in the office. Right. Uh, because at that time, Williams True didn't hire any uh, inexperienced agents. So I assisted Joan um, for just a few minutes. Uh, really, it ended up being about five weeks, and my business took off um, and never looked back. She hired an assistant, and I kept going. So. So when you moved 13 times, at which move did you start like maybe analytically looking at each time you did that and thinking like, this is how I would do it different? Or, you know, when did you start looking at it from that standpoint of like, I think I could do this and this is where I would see improvements to be made? Pretty quickly on, because I think you get, you get a really great agent and then you have one that maybe is not so great. And just be honest, when you move that many times that quickly, you don't have an opportunity to get to know realtors as your friends right. and other venues, but I needed help. I needed all kinds of help, not just to find a home, but I needed to find a hometown and a home network. And the agents that helped me with that were the ones that stood out in my mind. Right. And so when you start and you, and you start working with Joan and you're at Williams Street six weeks after moving to Fort Worth, you know, how did you go about it, that initial process of, of building up a a clientele base? Well, I didn't know anybody. I wasn't in junior league. I didn't have an elementary school child. Um, I didn't have the normal, didn't even have a church home yet or anything. So I didn't have uh, a lot of networking opportunities. Uh, TCU I tried to take advantage of, obviously, because I was meeting people there right. around the university and told all of them what I was doing. Um, Which is a key, right? Like, don't don't keep it a secret. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. You have to be, and I walk around with my cards in my pocket. I mean, I gave cards out at Lowe's or Home Depot or places I was going for myself. Yeah. And just strike up a conversation with people. Right. And, like, they would. everybody needs a realtor eventually. And they'll, oh, well, give me your card. Well, I just happen to have one. <laughs> um, but I begged open houses from all the experienced agents um, and just, you know, if you walked in the door at an open house, I assumed you didn't have a realtor and you were gonna be mine. Right. So I 
was not a hard sell kind of person, but I just had genuine conversation with people that I yeah. would meet. And most people were very open to that. Yeah. Um, and I would ask, would you like for me to contact you? And if they said no, I honored that. Um, but you'd be very surprised at how many people are just desperate for someone to ask them yeah. to help them. You know, and I think that's the mindset part of it that's really important because I think sometimes we can be timid. You know, they walk into an open house or it's a different type of occasion and you have a chance to talk about real estate and you're maybe waiting for that person to ask you for help. Mm -hmm. And they're in their mind saying, if someone would just offer me help, I would you know, sure. be all over it. So I think you're right. The worst that can happen by saying, I want to help you is to say, well, I've already got somebody. I mean, it's literally the worst thing that could possibly happen if right. you ask that question. Right. So. And I even took a little bit different approach then and still do now. I don't really do like a sign-in sheet at an open house. Okay. That's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Um, on, you know, some people want to know your email address or whatever, and they're all over you. Well, I don't like that kind of marketing to me. Right. And if a person wanted to share their information, I was pen in hand ready. But um, I just really see it as an opportunity to meet people who are there for whatever reason. Um, same thing with phone opportunities to be able to answer the phones um, until we our internet gave us so much information about houses that we don't get that phone call very often right. now but I would be on a half a day phone duty and rarely ever left that day without at least one new client yeah um, and again it was just asking people about their situation and what were their needs and then offer to help them with whatever that was if it wasn't that particular house then it was probably another one yeah and I wonder though, you know, over time, if you've seen that shift too, is that, you know, we used to be that gatekeeper of information, but now I feel like clients come to us almost overwhelmed. Like, yes, they can get information off the internet they otherwise used to get from us, but now there's so much out there, they almost come in more confused than maybe in the past. Instead of being, you know, lack of information, now it's almost too much. I, I agree. Um, and each client is only looking for one house. So for us, it's like digging for gold in a sand pile. Yeah. I mean, you are looking for that particular thing. We would prefer not to show 100 houses. We'd like to show 10. Um, and so really listening and paying attention to what that client needs, I found, even from my own experience, to an agent who maybe was helping me while I was moving, Right. no, 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 you, you're not really listening. You're you're hearing the price point, the bedrooms and baths, but you're not listening to the other aspects of a community that I'm looking for. Yeah. So help me find that and you'll be one and done. Yeah. Uh, so just trying to pay attention to the real family needs or the needs of single individuals or lifestyles of individuals and putting that puzzle piece where it needs to be. Yeah. You know, one of the things that really allows you to kind of stand out in, in, in our marketplace is that it's the follow-up after the sale, right? And, not treating each one of these relationships that you create as like a transactional based. And so I'd love to kind of hear a little bit about your philosophies and thoughts about, you know, what you do with your clients after the sale. Right. So in football, there is an acronym called YAC, which is yards after catch. So if a receiver catches a football and he's down every time, his YAC is very small. The really great receivers have a catch and then they get five yards or 10 yards or 15 yards. So for me, kind of thinking about that in relationship to my career, the yards after the closing or the, the um, extended effort, I think is what has helped set me apart. I know it's gotten a lot of referrals my way because people remember that extra mile. Yeah. Um, some of my favorite examples are, um, I had sold in one neighborhood homes to backdoor neighbors, 
one, one on one street, and then on the other, you know, six months later, I sold a house on the next street, and these people were backdoor neighbors. About three houses over, I'd also sold to a young family. So I had three families in this little triangle. None of them had met each other. And they all had a love of TCU because that's our backyard. And as I was helping one of the coaches in another sport who moved here who had kids of the similar age and also loved the university, I thought, you know, I'm going to get these couples together. So I arranged to have four couples and their children meet at Dutch's hamburger spot right down on University Drive. We got on the back patio. We had hamburgers and talked. My husband came and met all of the families. And of course, again, they were all TCU oriented. So right. that was kind of a fun experience. But all of these people had something in common. Their common thought was their love for TCU, but also they had children of the same age. Right. They had all recently moved, so they had those little pains that come with that. Um, and they were all open to making a new friend. Yeah. So after that dinner, I mean, we had just a fabulous time. We stayed out on the patio for hours. The kids played. The parents uh, had such a great time. And then um, now they, two of the four couples, travel together all the time. They're like best friends. I'll occasionally get an email saying, if it weren't for you, we would never have met. Yeah. Thank you. Um, that, that was just a really fun experience. And um, I've had other situations where I, you know, try to remember people in times that are really exciting. Uh, I had a client who kind of forced his way onto the field of the Rose Bowl after the game and just was so excited and was hugging me. And I thought, how did you even get on this field, you know? <laughs> but um, I bought a commemorative, um, Christmas ornament for the Rose Bowl. They were selling these limited editions or whatever. So I bought that and hung on to it. And then the next year for Christmas, I gave that to him and his family as a memento of that particular football game. And that was 2011. I get a picture every Christmas of their Christmas tree with that ornament on it. So and they're thinking about it every time they hang that ornament. Right. They're thinking about that moment. Exactly. And it, they're not, it doesn't have my name on it. Yeah. It has nothing to do with that. Yeah. But it was something special after the sale that showed that I actually care about you as a family yeah. and care about you as a person. And what you enjoy doing, if I can help with that, I want to help with that yeah. as well. Well, and I think you know, when you talked about getting those families together, that really resonated for me and I think for anybody. Because I think that it's one thing to move into the house. It's another thing to get maybe even your kids settled in school. But I don't feel like you really feel like you're at home until you do make that first sure. friend, whether it's a neighbor or just someone else in the community you know, that, that first friend. And I remember even for my own wife, like once she made a connection with a neighbor and like there was a friendship mm -hmm. there now, like now I felt like, okay, we're settled. Mm -hmm. um, and that's such a huge part of, of moving. And so that's really neat that that was, you know, part of your mindset to, to make that happen. I had a great reminder just this past week from a client who's moving here and she's in temporary housing, waiting on a new construction home to be built. Her husband's traveling a lot. She has a sixth grade, a six year old child. And she just sent this longest text just pouring out her heart on what a hard time they were having adjusting to the heat in Texas and to no friends and not being in a house. And so I was just offering some words of encouragement, trying to give her some venues of things that would be good right. to do for her child. And I said, seriously, if you just need a friend to talk to, let me know. I'm, let's go to lunch. We're just, we're waiting on your house to close, but let's just, you and I take some time. And, yeah. 
she wrote back and she said, you're my only friend in Texas. And that was true. I'm the only person that she knew. She had work acquaintances, but she didn't have anyone that she could tell yeah. things that were happening. Yeah. So um, that's very satisfying. Another thing that I like to do, Chris, is um, I Presbyterian Night Shelter is my favorite charity here in Fort Worth, and I support them with every sale. I make a donation for my clients, and they send information to my client saying that Patty's donated some money, but also just information on how to plug in if you're looking for a place to plug in to do some community service. And I've invited families who've called me back and said, thank you so much for that. We would like to get involved. And we've gone together and served a meal at the shelter. Because to say, oh, you can go and just serve. Monday night's the best night to go if you're a walk-in. And here's some, they're not going to go because yeah. they don't know how to get there. Yeah. They're a little bit intimidated by the whole process. Yeah. Maybe don't feel like so, they've been invited in yet. Right. Yeah. So I've taken like a mom and her two middle school children with us and the four of us have gone yeah. and shared that experience and it just gives them a sense of community because they need to plug in yeah one thing i learned from 13 moves in 20 years <laughs> was that if you don't plug that in, might even be the title of the book too 13 moves be. in 20 years <laughs> it might be yeah. but it, it's that if you don't plug in right away if you just sit back and wait on your neighbors to come to you yeah not going to work. It's not, it takes a long time to adjust. Yeah. And I didn't have a long time to adjust. Right. So we would jump into a church. We would jump into sports. We would jump into activities that we all liked. I mean, I went and met my neighbors. I didn't wait on them to come meet yes. me. Yeah. And so often now, I don't think we do that. So just encouraging people that just take charge of your own life and your yeah. own happiness and step up. You be the first one to step yeah. out there. And so that kind of maybe counseling if you want to call it that just empathy for what you're going through I think has helped me I think that's so insightful too because I do think you can have people live right across the street from one another or are involved in the same you know community services whatever it might be you know and they're both kind of waiting for the other person to take the first step sure. and so like your idea of like well you just you be the first person you know and right. um, whether you think you're the new person and the established folks are supposed to come to you doesn't right. matter right the whole idea is to make a connection and right. I have you know I've heard of some agents say, you know, I never call the client after the sale because there's always something wrong. And I feel totally opposite way that, yes, there probably are things wrong. There's always going to be something wrong with a house that the inspector didn't find. Right. Or there's something, something. So, yeah. But I want to be that person that they can unload on and talk to. Yeah. So I do call my clients after the sale. And usually it's immediately, when's the moving truck coming? How'd that go? Just right. to check on them. But then it's several weeks later. I don't have them on a calendar. They're just in my mind. Yeah. So I will call and check on everybody to see how it's going. And, you know, some people need you. Some people don't. Yeah. That's fine. But Well, and the whole thought of, like, that, you know, they may have a problem if I call. Well, they're going to have a problem whether you call or not. <laughs> right. It's a matter of whether or not they view you as someone who's calling to help them. Right. You know? Well, and sometimes they're speaking with someone else. Well, have you told your agent? Yeah. No. Because they feel like... You know, you've closed their file, put it in a drawer, and yeah. you're done. But we're in the people business. Yes. We happen to sell houses, 100%. but we are in the people business. Right. So caring about people and, you know, you don't love all of your clients, but you can love on people yeah. and you can show empathy it. to them. So. Yeah. Well, and I think for anyone who's, you know, new into business or new into a new community and they're doing real estate, I think what you've kind of showed them is that roadmap, right? It's like be intentional about it. 
um, get involved right from the start. You know, be deliberate about your actions. Mm -hmm. It's it's uh, don't wait for it to come to you. Um, the yards after catch is perfect because that is such a great analogy for real mm -hmm. estate. You know, um, if we just concentrate on getting to the closing table, then that's just one part of it. It's really what right. we do after that that makes a difference. Right. Yeah. So that football coaching has really come into play. <laughs> here, so. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Well, and this was extremely insightful, and I know there's going to be a lot of people that will take this to heart on, on what you shared today, and I just really appreciate you joining us today on Market Shapers. Thank you. It's been fun. Patty, thank you so much. Everyone, thanks for tuning in to this edition, and we'll see you next time.